Howdy, 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 folks. Welcome to Half a Pie. Half a Pie is a podcast, I think, and it is part of the GiantMediaBall.com network. In fact, it's an exclusive to GiantMediaBall.com unless it gets very popular and then I will disassociate myself with GiantMediaBall.com and it will become its own entity and fame and fortune will be mine. This is episode... Zero 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 of half a pie, half a pie. It's a uh, kind of funny. I'm the only host of it right now, and it's funny that the a lonesome loser type of podcast like half a pie is going to be initially hosted by the lonesome loser, but it eventually will hopefully have multiple hosts, and you are invited to host once you find out what half a pie is about, and if you feel like you would want to be a part of half a pie. I am your lonesome loser host, Wiggly. And this is Half a Pie. Let me explain a little bit about Half a Pie. I'm also the creator of the Half a Pie podcast. If this is your first time listening to anything on GiantMediaBall.com, go to GiantMediaBall.com and listen to all the stuff there. A lot of it is uh, stuff that I'm involved with including a wiggly world, we talk games, and the rest. I don't know if there's any other things I do right now. Magic Milkshake Machine is uh, sometimes happens. Uh, Trapdoor Video Podcast, that really doesn't happen. Um, the Chikara Podcast, a go-go, I haven't done that for four or five years. But I do do uh, little one-offs like the Oprah Podcast, very popular with and uh what's the other one the fake celebrity news oh there's uh, there's some noises that happen how many consider it to open a mic and have noises happen also googling googlers do that one and as i t- try to recuse myself is that real i don't know as i try to get out of podcasting the more podcasting ideas i tend to have And this is no different. However, this will be a live podcast, like most of my podcasts that I'm still doing. And it will happen, I don't know when. I don't know if this will be popular or not. It might be popular with the lonesome losers out there that are listening to the sound of my voice. Well, you're not alone anymore, friends. I'm not with you. I'm here with you, I mean. Half a pie. So there's a chain of grocery stores around my area and I don't know how far it extends or the other names for the grocery store chain I'll be talking about which is the giant the giant food stores I guess it's called so there's a place called giant around uh, my abodes and they started to, they always had pies and cakes and breads and things like this there then there 
And uh, sometimes, you know, you might see an individually wrapped piece of pie, a slice of pie or something. Yeah, that's good when you're in your lunch. But the one day I went in there and besides the full pies like lemon meringue pies or apple pies or blueberry pies, they had uh, this blister pack pie holder dish. And that only had... It was shaped, it was in the shape of a half of a pie, and inside of it was half of a pie. And I thought that was probably the saddest thing I had ever seen in my life, because it reminded me of someone that um, maybe became recently alone, or was a long time recently alone. And uh, it's just very sad, and half a pie has become a running uh, part of the podcasting legacy and mythology that uh, I've been doing since, what, 2005, I think, 2005, 2006. So that's half a pie. That's where the name comes from. The reason for this podcast is to talk about things that might put you in a position to be going out to the giant and purchasing half a pie. Um, It's going to be about things that you like as far as media goes, or I don't know, maybe some type of fetishes, but I doubt that will occur. Uh, But mostly media, like, you know, I like Hello Hello Pony. (laughs) I like uh, My Little Pony, okay? So that might make me have half a pie because my wife might leave me because I like a show for little princesses, even though that's not what it really is about. So this is where we talk about things that other people would think we should be ashamed of, although there's really nothing for us to be ashamed of. I'm not ashamed of anything that I enjoy and like and uh, treasure and collect or watch or or what have you, and uh, it has nothing to do with being perverted, although uh, Kyle Von Kubik, my longtime podcasting companion and producer, would say differently, uh, because he all he knows is perverts that like some of the things that I like, and uh, and he has a very depraved mind that would think that I would... Um, that's the first thing he thinks of when he thinks of grown men liking My Little Pony. He thinks of uh, perverts of some sort. So half a pie is about things that the general populace might think you would be a loser for liking. Although nothing could be further from the truth because My Little Pony makes you not only cooler, but at least 20% cooler. And by saying that, this podcast just got 20% cooler in about 10 seconds flat. (laughs) That's the noise of me pushing up my uh, spectacles that have the uh, masking tape in the middle of them to keep them together. This inaugural episode, the episode 0000 episode, which is the prelude to what might become a program, I'm not sure, no one ever knows, 
I believe I will be talking mainly about cartoons for kids and also maybe some table tapping games. Believe that or not. If you know me, <laughs> um, you know that that's going to be kind of unusual for me to be talking about table tappers. And by that, I mean games like Magic and stuff like that. There, then there, uh, Pokemons and the Nabutus and all those things. Toblerone. I'm also going to be t- probably talking about Monster High. It's something I like to talk about that people make fun of me uh, for. And also, and uh, believe me, I make fun of myself for that because, well, I'll talk about it. And also, of course, some My Little Pony stuff. And there's a new one that my niece um, told me that I need to watch. I believe she's seven. And she told me that I need to watch this because her favorite Milo Pony is Applejack. And unfortunately, I know more songs from the My Little Pony animations than she does. And um, she told me I need to watch this other animated cartoon so that we could talk about that together. We'd have that in common to talk about. By the way, she um, recently got on this kick where she... I don't want to say she forces her mom, because you can't do that, or cries for her mom. She doesn't do that. But she asks aggressively, I guess you could say, for her mom to play one of my uh, songs. And if you don't, if this is your first time here in one of my shows, I'm just going to not say that. I'm just going to retell things that you pro- many of our listeners will already know. But I'm in a band called uh, Trapdoor. I started performing music, I guess, in 1979. I'm as close to 50 as you could get, uh, relatively speaking. I guess I'm I'm uh, five months out from 50. Actually, well, let's see. What is it now? It's July, so uh, about six months. But it depends on when you measure age from. Do you measure your age from... From uh, the uh, fertilization or from birth or from your birth. So I am 50 if you go by the first splitting of the egg. So my main group since 1987 has been Trapdoor. And I release music as Trapdoor with a band, without a band, and also as Wiggly of Trapdoor. And before that, it was Cabbage Go-Go, and before that, it was Epicurean. And in the planning stages of Epicurean, it was Iron Fist. Iron Fist. It was going to be a giant arm that came out of the stage with it. With it. Oh, no, it was going to be called Iron Rod. That's it. Iron Rod. There's a giant hand coming out of the stage, and in the, this metal hand... Uh, you know, a 15 foot high metal hand would have a giant metal rod in it and then it would just smash on the stage, make a big loud noise. How you like that? Iron rod. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I did write songs when I was a uh, young, young boy before, before school. Before even, uh, before, like, you know, I was around uh, four and four and five, I wrote some songs on the piano. But we're not here to talk about piano songs. That doesn't make me get half a pie. And I don't think any of the songs I've written 
bring me half a pie. But my little niece does request on her way to school that her mom plays Song of Love, one of my uh, one of the songs I've written. I think I wrote that in 1992. I'm going to say 91, 92. My wife just came in here and showed me her knockers. So uh, that shows you that she's not leaving me. In fact, uh, we played uh, the table tapper game together, and she actually saw a couple episodes of My Little Pony, the ones that I thought would be most interesting to her. And they're basically these these programs, and they're made to sell toys, but they'll also have these musical numbers in them, and some of them are quite elaborate and i'll explain why that is and uh, whatnot in uh, in due time um it's not really hard for me to do a show by myself but for some reason this one is probably because i'm not prepared I just open the mic just thought I, i'm gonna go with it half a pie here we go So she she likes that uh, program as well. She knows all the characters now because I wear merchandise with them on. I don't collect the dolls, and I do not plan on collecting the dolls. Chizzy did buy me uh, uh, one that's uh, like a stuffed one by Ty, I guess, and then um, you know these little PVC ones that are that will remain in the in the box or whatever because I don't want them. But I do, I do like the merchandise. I do like the, uh, you know, a sticker, or my entire bathroom is <laughs> completely My Little Pony and Hello Kitty, um, and that's my entire male bathroom with pink things all around and that. And why not? And why not, my friend? I was into Hello Kitty back in the '70s when it first started, and it was a cool thing back then before it was you know, a cartoon or um, any other type of kitty thing, uh, that's with a D, kitty, it was more of a cultural phenomena. And now, if you know in Japan now, there's mascots for everything. Everything has a mascot, and there's it's big money in mascots. Um, every town has a mascot, every... Um, type of uh, product has a mascot and whatnot like that. Now, I'm not an expert on all things Japanese, not anymore. I used to really be into that and up on that stuff back before it was translated into English. And uh, like new type, I only used to get in, in Japanese, which was a, a, ma- a magazine. Uh, PC Engine Monthly was only in Japanese. That's why well, they didn't continue that. But you know, these, this was before you could get things translated. I'd have to drive to New York to the uh, to a bookstore uh, where I could purchase these Japanese magazines <clears throat> and look at the pictures and, you know, piece together what these new products coming out would be and the game systems I would purchase and things like this. I also do a We Talk Games podcast, and that is my main staple right now. It's a podcast that I'm uh, most happy with. And I mentioned Kavan Kubik. He really uh, did so much to make that program come back because I probably would have just let it uh, wilt on the tree 
Because I think I did what I did all I could with it at the time, but he really made it something special with uh, interviewing people from uh, from the gaming industry, and uh, now uh, our third reboot of it, which is Arcade Weekly, where we talk about arcade games. And the reason I wanted to start We Talk Games was because I was crazy about video games. I would spend hundreds of dollars to import these Japanese systems before they would come to the United States, one year before, two years before, and some of this, and some things that never came to the States, like the NEC Super Graphics, which had all of about three genuine games that came out for it, and then two that were... um, able to be played on both your regular PC Engine TurboGrafx-16 or souped up if you stuck it into SuperGrafx. Basically, what would happen in SuperGrafx is your characters would all stick together. So if you had it and you played it on your regular TurboGrafx, you'd have all this line flicker, the horizontal line flicker. But if you stuck that in your same, the same hue card, the same uh, chip into your SuperGrafx, man, you can... You could drive your your ship right through the giant bosses at the end and everything, and there would be zero line flicker whatsoever, none whatsoever. And then there were a couple of original titles for it, but it didn't uh, didn't last very long. But I loved that system. I paid insane amounts of money for it, and each game was like about one hundred and twenty dollars to to import. And the same goes for anime. The anime that I had did not have translations. The only thing that ever had translations that I can recall getting was, uh, what is it called? Blue Waters, Blue Ocean, Nadia, Nadia and the Blue, Jesus. Uh, Thanks for yelling at your uh, radios at this time, but it's not going to help. But it's called something like that, Blue something or another. And the reason that I had that, that had... Um, in fact, that might have been dubbed in English. It was dubbed quite well, and that was because it was picked up by the UK markets, and they did good jobs of dubbing. Um, when they started bringing anime in, where you didn't have to pay $75 a VHS tape of a half-hour anime um, or import laser discs of them, um, when they started bringing on anime, and I don't know how the voice acting is now, <clears throat> but... Um, it was hard, and it still is hard. And I mentioned this on a couple of the other programs. So listen to those. Why don't you? Let's get into the meat of half a pie. I'm also going to be just running down um, a whole crap load of television shows that I might be talking about, touching upon. Or if you want to become a part of this program to contact me and say that you want to talk about some of these things, because I I think that you'll find my library quite interesting. Uh, The reason I wanted to hop on the mic now is because I was just downstairs with uh, Chizzy, uh, who I'm married to. She's my spouse. And uh, believe it or not, she's really a lady. She's not a dude or an inflatable type of rubber device or a pillow with a... (laughs) person's face painted on it um yeah sorry about these noises but I, oh you know, you know let me um okay take it easy twitter well it's good that we get mentioned you know it's good that we get mentioned 
but I, when I was down there and I was going through some brand new programs that have just started to premiere, Scream just came out as a series. Um, a new series called The Zoo has come out. And a couple other ones are about three weeks old, like uh, Dark Matter and a few other sci-fi um, programs. And some other stuff. And I, I saw that... Um, Falling Skies has just uh, started back up. I think that's called. And, and that was a program I watched. And I could talk about all that stuff as well. Um, so, but I, I noticed that I have, <laughs> I, I believe the, this is a rough estimate, but I know that the first two parts were 22,000. So it was 22,240 some episodes of programs so it's i think it's over 1100 um programs that i have and then 22,000 episodes of those 1100 programs that are in my library uh, i have a personal library i use the what is called cody it is now called cody it used to be called xbmc and, uh, yes, Xbox Media Center. Well, it was an Xbox Media Center hack for the original Xbox. You know, Xbox One. <laughs> Xbox 0.1, I guess. And uh, when, you would, when you would hack out your hard drive and stuff like that on your, on your Xbox by putting a chip in it, you could run this XBMC, which was an emulation of the Xbox interface, and it would allow you to, it would, it would be your media center. So you could have um, movies and television shows and things like this and music. And you could do karaoke through it. And you could also have your games that you might have put onto your hard drive so that you could save your games and keep them in mint condition on your shelf in their original cases. That is why you would hack your Xbox so that you could preserve your games that you purchased from the store and never sold after you ripped them to your hard drive or rented games and ripped them to your hard drive. This is completely legitimate, my friends, even though the original XBMC itself was a, a, um, what do you call a backward hack? Boy, I haven't heard that, that used in so long. Oh my. Reverse engineering, I guess that's what it was. Reverse engineering of, of the original uh, Xbox One. And used that that copyrighted code or patented or whatever the fuck it was. So uh, it did that. Yeah. Uh, but then when they brought it to your the um, PCs and Macs and Linux boxes, it did not contain that piece of software that it still would on the original XB, uh, Xbox. And I used XBMC since the original Xbox, and it was uh, always my media server. I would usually just put files onto the hard drive of the Xbox, and that's what it would play the television shows or movies off of there. When things started getting bigger and bigger and bigger, you were able to map network drives and do that. Now you can have these SANs, these... Um, 
these network drives where you put all your data on and you can I have multiple SANs that stream uh, content to there and <clears throat> also drives on my computer and and things like that there but uh, the, so in my library my personal library even though I have Netflix and even though I, ha I pay for cable and even though I have all these things well that's how I justify the fact that I have these all available offline is because I will continue to pay for my cable and I will continue continue to play for pay for Netflix so um What's the difference between me going to Netflix and doing that and me going to my uh, Kodi server now, uh, the Kodi interface, rather? Um, well, there would be no nothing really different for anybody, um, probably, except I like to have it on my Kodi media server, and I'm a completionist in that sense. And plus, there's a lot of programs that... You can't get on Netflix, and I'll buy the DVDs of that, and then I'll rip. In fact, some of these things that I have, you can't even get through the torrents because they're they're pretty oddball. And either it's somebody recorded these from their VHS tapes, or they're only available for a limited time through you know a distribution outlet. Recently, I was able to obtain some episodes of Fernwood Tonight, uh, which would then in the second season be called America Tonight. And I'm not sure if you recall that. It would be pretty obscure. You'd have to be around my age to recall that. And even I was young for that. But basically, it was I think it was one of the first fake talk shows uh, before, before uh, Larry Sanders uh, and before... Well, even something like Check It Out with Dr. Steve Brewer, uh, we had Fernwood Tonight. And this, of course, starred uh, Martin Mull and Fred Willard. It was, it came out in 1976 or 77, somewhere around there. So yeah, you probably have never heard of it. Uh, but it was, uh, it was a, fake, uh, a fake interview type of show. They would have real guests on it, but even Martin Mull and Fred Willard went by student, uh, fake names, just like um, Larry Sanders went by, um, Larry Sanders was um, Gary Shanley. So it was, you know, very similar to that, except it didn't have a backstory. It was just completely the interview show. There was nothing else uh, except that interview portion of the show. It was very funny. It was produced like a low-budget um, cable access, local access type of uh, television program. So let's get into My Little Pony a little bit. I don't really know what I want to say about My Little Pony. Huh. Well, friendship is magic. I know that. I, I have talked about this before on a Wiggly World program, so uh, there's not really too much for me to add uh, it's a pro. It's a sh it's a show I like. I like the uh, animation style. It's all done with Flash, uh, Adobe Flash, which is kind of surprising for some of the um, some of the movements they get. Very very smooth. But you know, I'm sure they they use uh, little helper applications and maybe even 3D uh, modeling uh, applications to help with some of the, the tween states or whatever, or some of the movements. 
Um, but they do use Flash to do this, and that allows them to create a lot of different characters. And the one thing that you'll notice about this program, it has a lot of supporting casts, uh, cast members. And sometimes these supporting cast ponies uh, get uh, perpetuated into uh, into. Um, there's main. There's the main six. It's hard to. It's hard to know where to jump in here. Uh, this is a show. <laughs> it's a reboot of uh, the 1980s um, toy line, and I have no interest in the 1980s toy line. I have very little interest in the the 20 aughts toy line. Uh, I guess when did it come out? 2013, somewhere around there. 2011. 2013? I can't recall. Oh, no, I think it ended in 2013, the animation, and then it started back up this year. So it went for four years before that? Yeah. So then extrapolate backwards. Um, and then this year they started a, a new, a new um, s- uh, season. And if you, if I started watching this program during this season five, I prob- probably would not have watched this program. Because the season five to me, although the the first episode was uh, first, they always start with a, a two part episode. So the first episode of of each season is a two parter, which is you know that's kind of it's not unheard of, but it's kind of unusual for a show that you would think would would be target their target audience would have a two part um, initial. Um, Episode. Now I know they do this a lot with the superhero episodes and things like this, but that's showing you what uh, that you're not in for the typical um, kids animated program uh, from from the My Little Pony series. And I know people, you know, there's bronies and there's these two uh, movies about bronies, and that's what got me into to trying this show. I heard a lot of good things about it, and I watched the two brony programs. And movies, and I said, well, I better not watch this program because I'm probably going to like it, and then I'm going to have to like My Little Pony and um, like that. And sure enough, I, I started watching from the beginning, watched from the top. That's the way to do it. And uh, all, all these the bronies, and there's thousands of uh, uh, programs out there on uh, YouTube about delving into each episode and rehashing that episode and uh, drawing out all the morals and this and that and the deep, uh, deep, you know, I don't know what the hell you call it, but being a brony, I consider myself a jabroni. I'm not, I'm not that crazy, uh, nuts about it, uh, fanatic about it. Um, but I do like it more than probably the parents of, uh, of the kids that like this program. I definitely, definitely do a lot more than that. I, I know the characters. I like the characters. Eh, not really too many people and not many, really too many uh, folks that don't like in there. What you have to realize is that this is, um, it's based around the, the main six, they're called the main six. So you have, uh, you know, the, the, the this uh, person, Twilight Sparkle, the pony, I should say, not person, Twilight Sparkle, she comes to Ponyville. She comes down from the uh, mythical uh, Equestria land, the, um, the palace and all these other things. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, but uh, that's where she comes. I can't remember. What, I shouldn't have done this at night. 
Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, she, you know, she comes down and she has to keep, um, she has to write about her adventures and friendship and meeting friends and her adventures in Ponyville. And um, she has a, a dragon friend, Spike, who's a baby dragon. And they come down into Ponyville and uh, they have to try to make friends. So every episode they have an adventure and it's either going to be some type of internal struggle, which will be maybe a one-on-one or, uh, or just uh, with a, uh, one of the main six or with, uh, you know, between two or three of the main six. And then they have these grand adventures where they go and they go to hell. <laughs> they go to Tartarus, which is another word for hell. Um, they fight grand mythical beasts of, um, of Greek, mythology of all different types of mythologies actually and even even down to the bugbear which is a very very obtuse um mythical creature that you might know only from dungeons and dragons you know uh, probably and th- there's you know if you if you heard about the bronies talking about this program there's all these other tie-ins to this that and the other one of the most fantastic episodes just happened in season five it's the only uh, real episode of season five that I absolutely fell off my chair um, with all the stuff that went on. And I actually watched this episode, actually, actually, I think about five times now. Now, when is the last time that you watched a program, a television program, several times, several times the same program, um, New, you know, what I mean, it just came out, and like I've watched programs over and over again, but mostly there's the, the gap of time between between watches. Maybe I might go back if I was like falling asleep or something, but this one I watched five times over, and um, it was because it was all for the fans. The entire episode was just for the fans. The main six were in it; they were fighting the bugbear. Uh, but you, they were in the background doing this. The entire episode was about all these supporting casts, the supporting ponies. There's a Walter Matthau type of donkey who's marrying another donkey. Uh, his name's Cranky, I think. Yeah, it's kind of uh, it's kind of a real stretch. Might be grumpy. I don't know, grumpy old men. So Walter Matthau, I don't know, but uh, Walter Matthau and and uh, marrying this other donkey. And it's all about getting this wedding together, and it features Derpy Hooves, which is one of my favorite, uh, ca- which is my favorite character. It used to be Granny Smith, but now it's Derpy Hooves. But it was just completely all the supporting characters, and Derpy Hooves was named by the Brony community. And this is a little funny story about it. Um. You know, you could find out more about this program if you feel like watching it at all. Start from the beginning. If you don't like the first two-parter, then you might not like it. Um, I would watch the first two-parter, which is uh, which sets up a lot of the mythology about the uh, well. You you meet the main six. You also see a lot of people in the in the backgrounds that will uh, you'll see over the 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 course of the series. Uh, Derpy Hooves is right in the first one as well, although she's not very cross-eyed like she would become. Uh, I believe they probably wanted to call her Bubbles or Muffin, and these are also names that she goes by. But the cra- the the audience 
christened her Derpy Hooves. And uh, I'll get into that, and it has to do with it being being done in Flash. Um, but what did I want to say about this? So there's there's Doctor Hooves, and, you know, he's like the Doctor Who, and so there's time travel involved and things like this. But Doctor Who's also goes by a different name, uh, Timmy Time. I can't recall what his name was. But there's there so it draws on you know all these external geeky things and non geeky things, and it it does have maintain that sensibility of early Warner Brothers, nineteen uh, forties type of Warner Brothers. Um, remember when Daffy Duck actually used to be Daffy? Um, he was he was completely insane. <laughs> He wasn't Bugs Bunny. He only became Bugs Bunny when Chuck Jones got a hold of him. When Chuck Go- Jones got a hold of him, then he was just another. Um, he was just another Bugs Bunny, you know, a wise guy, and um, maybe he was the person who. Uh, maybe maybe he was the character that was the antithesis to to uh, Bugs, but he was just really another Bugs Bunny. He wasn't wacky. He wasn't loony. He wasn't insane like the original um, Bob Clampett, maybe? I can't recall who created him. Anyway, um, you will notice some of that early type of feel to these characters. It's not geared towards the kids. Like, Disney, the early, well, if you go to the real early, then you don't have it, but this is how it was when I was a kid in the 70s. Disney was a great Cinderella, you know, these shows, Herbie Lovebug, things like that. But you could tell that a lot of Disney cartoons were playing to the kids. Whereas the Warner Brothers cartoons were just cartoons. Sure, Warner Brothers wanted kids to like it, and they showed it. Bef- you know, showed cartoons before a, a movie and things like this, and the kids laughed and everything. But the adults also laughed because, you know, you're a kid, you don't know who, who James Cagney is and uh, uh, Charles Lawton and and all these other uh, funny characters that would show up within these uh, Warner Brothers cartoons. Um, so that was more for the, the older audience. And a lot of the jokes are very racy and things like this. If you, if you know how to, how to take them. So uh, there's nothing really racy about these programs, but there are a lot of more, um, adult type of, uh, backstories here. Like, um, most of the ponies don't have parents. Uh, a few of them do, but most of them, and this is how I believe, uh, let's see, um, Lauren Faust de- de- developed the this reboot of My Little Pony for television. And Lauren Faust worked on things like Iron Giant. She was part of that. She was a part of the Powerpuff Girls. And uh, you will notice a lot of similarities between Powerpuff Girls and My Little Pony. However, My Little Pony is just so much more... Everything, I think. So much more everything than the Powerpuff Girls was. I love Powerpuff Girls. I could still watch it now. But And that's the thing. If you watch Powerpuff Girls and you were a, a boy um, and or, or an older adult or teenager, uh, there's nothing wrong with you. 
Why? Because it was on Cartoon Network and, you know, on at a, a time slot that was, um, you know, where older uh, and teens and, and early 20s can watch it. Same goes for things like Adventure Time. I... Pff, I'm. I. I don't know. I've watched uh, half a season or something. Well, I don't. I couldn't say that because maybe each season is like sixty episodes. I don't know. Is it like one peg where there's seven? One piece. One peg. I always call him that because he's a pirate. Uh, one piece where there's like seven hundred episodes already. Um, but I, I watch. You know, um, probably about a dozen episodes of uh, of Adventure Time, and it just it it. Uh, I got it. Um, I like regular show. You know, the, there's these cartoons out there that that uh, adults watch, and they wear the merchandise and everything else. And th- I, there's no difference between that and this My Little Pony. You know, you might think that it's geared towards little princesses, and then that's your problem. You know, that's your problem. Um, the the people behind it, DHX and uh, Lauren Faust and uh, the other writers, they're definitely not writing for little kids. Now, maybe it is that Mattel wants them. Wait, is that who? Oh, Hasbro, Hasbro. Maybe it is that Hasbro wants to push this toy line and wants to gear it more towards, um, uh, you know, little princess type of stuff. But that's just too bad. That's that's poop on them. Um, This is some good animation. It's some good stories. It's some good cartoons. It's a good animated series. So, like I said, uh, Series 5, though, uh, uh, I'm not crazy about it. A lot of the people online community, I don't, I'm not a member of the online community, but I've uh, watched some YouTube videos by people that I um, think uh, do good breakdowns and analysis of uh, these characters and these episodes, and they seem to like season five. They think it's hilarious. Um, I saw, I think, two good episodes, and the first two-parter really left me scratching my head, and I can talk about that in future episodes. I don't want this to go too long. Uh... Try to cap it at an hour if I can. So this, uh, so My Little Pony. Why, uh, why is Derpy Hooves in there? Why is it named Derp? Well, you know, internet thing is Derp is supposed to mean someone that's you know a, a doy or it's like saying doy or saying der or um, something like that. A derp. Derpy Hooves came about because they do use this flash. So as they're building, um, you know, as they're copy and pasting these. Uh, ponies and just swapping out color palettes and cutie marks is what the ponies have on their back and this leads these cutie marks lead to a lot of interesting stories like i mentioned you have all this mythology that can go into here cerebus and um uh griffins and uh manic manticore which is i think the manticore is the lion with wings and a scorpion tail and, um, boy, just so many different, oh, hydras in it and so many different mythological creatures. <laughs> like I said, they go to Tartarus, which is a, a Greek word for hell. That's, um, you know, one of the words that's translated into hell, uh, for all the, uh, the Bible thumpers out there. Um, you know, you have Hades, you have Tartarus, you have, um, a Sheol. And I 
think there might be one more, which I can't recall right now. So those are like the only three words that get translated into the English as hell. <clears throat> so you might think, oh, who cares about that? But and and then and then this fan one, Doctor Hooves decides he doesn't want to use time travel to uh, undo this something that happens that Derpy Hooves is involved with, and so he goes. He talks to DJ Pone, who is uh, she is a, a DJ, and um, she sort of like rocks out, sort of like. Um, uh, the members of that band that do that song. <laughs> you know, she's like a club kid. Uh, she has her headphones on all the time. She she does DJ stuff. So she can't hear what what uh, Dr. Who's is saying to her about trying to find... Uh, I think she, he was looking for rarity. And so um, DJ Pone just shakes her head yes that, you know, she'll take, she'll take him to, to rarity even though she can't... It, Neither of them are understanding each other whatsoever. And instead, she takes him to a bowling alley. And here in the bowling alley, bowling alley comes three ponies. And it's um, uh, the Big Lebowski. You have the dude. And dude's saying, yeah, man. Hey, man. Come on, man. Just let's have, let's bowl, man. And Doctor Who's is like, I don't. What are you talking about, this man? What do you keep saying this word, man? Oh man, I don't know, man. Because everybody's called every pony instead of everybody, and they, you know, put pony in different places, things like this. And you know, there's the John Goodman character. He's got the beard, and there's the uh, uh, the other character. <laughs> uh, it's way too late for me to be trying to think of people's names now. Oh my gosh. Oh good, crazy. Buscemi, Buscemi. Um, he he's there. <laughs> he's a real funny looking horse, uh, and you know it just has this. It just has a story that's going on. Um, I don't. I don't. No, there's no. Um, who was? Uh, who who? Uh, eh, who cares? So you know that happens. So that's interesting. I think. And th there's usually two stories that are going on in uh, in every episode, you know, just like your standard standard three act um, set up with two uh, separate s stories running parallel. Uh, I don't think that happens with the great the grand adventures, though. It might, it might not. Anyway, um, the reason that she's derpy hooves, yeah, that's where I was, um, is because. While they were cutting paste, cutting and pasting a lot of these characters into the background, into the background of the, the main scenes, well, don't you know somebody co copied and pasted, but the eyes were looking in opposite directions, and it only showed up for maybe three seconds <laughs> uh, in the background. Uh, you can watch something on YouTube that shows the birth of Derpy Hooves or the history of Derpy Hooves or Muffin or Bubbles or what have you. And you will see that they'll, you know, circle it. And she's only on screen like that for <laughs> literally a few seconds. And yet the fan base saw that and they just ran with it and named her Derpy Hooves and everything else. And then she also appeared in an episode as Derpy Hooves, which they later had to recut to not have her eyes so crossed and not call her Derpy Hooves and all this other stuff, this hubbub 
this hubbub about it. And, uh, you know, what, whatever. Um, you can also read all about that. I believe there's a Wikipedia just for My Little Pony. And uh, you can read about that and, and, and get out of that what you will. But um, I think the character is incredibly not offensive. And I'm offended by... I'm, I'm uh, sensitive to a lot of things that are offensive. Like, I don't say the word gypped because I know that that's a, um, a slur on gypsies. Uh, that's where the name, the word comes from. And most people, when I tell them that that's uh, offensive because it's uh, it's a slur to gypsies, they say, oh, <laughs> like, oh, fucking gypsies, who cares? Um, so, yeah, that's how that goes. <clears throat> so, in there, in that, then they, you know, they, they, they ran with that. They, they play off what the audience, the adult audience likes so you have the main you know hasbro in back there trying to push their toy line but then you have this dhx and the other writers that are trying to push um a, a good product and like i said these musical numbers are grand they are grand and that would be the second episode i would uh, i would um suggest would be the winter wrap-up um, I think that might be what it's called. That was the first episode I, I uh, watched with Chiz, and she just couldn't get that song out of her mind for, uh, you know, two weeks, I guess. And that's a pretty good episode because you sort of find how Twilight Sparkle does not fit into um, the duties and that each uh, type of pony has. There's, uh, there's unicorns, there's... Um, Pegasus, and then there's Earth ponies. Like Applejack would be an Earth pony. She does everything manually, manual labor, hard workers, things like this. The unicorns can use uh, unicorn magic with their little unicorn horns. They could do magic. Um, the the uh, Pegasus they fly around, of course, and they can control weather. They they uh, you know flap their wings to push uh, clouds around they can jump on the the clouds to make them shoot lightning um they do a lot of things like that earth ponies would break down branches so that the pegasus would come in and you know start uh these uh twisters these uh, tornadoes to um, clear the way for this side and the other get rid of the snow whatever you know whatever happened and then the unicorns use their magic to I don't recall what. But, you know, everyone has this job and Twilight Sparkle's having a hard time fitting in. Um, because I think, uh, are you not supposed to use magic? Oh, that was, that might have been another, that might be another thing. Anyway, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's pretty interesting, um, these different situations people get into. And although, I, I, like I said, I'm not crazy about talking about uh, everything in depth there certainly is a lot even in in every episode there's a lot that you can talk about there's a lot that you can pull out and break it apart because there's a lot of different story bits that are in there um it's that's what's shocking about it i don't think that these you know i've talked about it before that i don't think these things are incredibly deep i mean you have a applejack she's a tomboy you have uh pinkie pie 
she's uh, she's the clown. You know, she's she likes to. She's the ultimate party planner and a big uh, big clown, big thing. Fluttershy, she's shy. She talks to animals and she's shy. Um, Rarity is a princess. She designs dresses and she's a princess. Uh, like that, you know, uh, I, someone that dresses up all girly. I don't like that term. Um, Rainbow Dash is is a, a boy. <laughs> she's uh, she's um, she's a lot of people's favorites. In fact, most bronies will tell you to watch um, uh, the um, what is it called? The Rain? What do you call a Sonic Boom? Oh, Rain Boom! The Sonic Rain Boom as your first episode because it's very. Um, geared towards, um, well, it has a, it has a, it has a very nice story, which, um, it's just a very well-written story of that episode, but I, I don't, I don't recommend that as the first episode, but it, you know, it shows that it's cool. And I don't know if you ever watched this, uh, this program that, uh, it's called Versus, and I can't recall who put this on some um, some gaming website and they have verses and they'll put you know batman versus spider-man or something and they use they use um what looks like the the mugen engine to animate these battles well they did starscream uh of the um decepticons against rainbow dash so you can watch that to see who wins <laughs> Was it Starscream? I can't ever, I can't ever remember who, which one's who. Oh, Soundwave, Starscream. Oh no, I don't think it was Starscream. I think it was um, um, no, yeah, yeah, it was Starscream. He's the one that was always uh, shifty and. I wanna be the leader. So I get, I get, I don't get. Starscream mixed up with Shockwave, but I do get it mixed up with, uh, like, uh, I think Jetfire was the one that looked like the Robotron uh, uh, character. And um, then there were so many other F-15 uh, Eagle-looking jets. Um, Red Wing, Slipstream, Slipstream was another one, and a bunch of others, I think. Anyway, My Little Pony. <laughs> Friendship is magic. It is magic. A lot of great mythology. Um, in fact, I'm reading a book right now that is uh, about the two princesses. This is um, These two princesses came into power. One was Princess Luna, and the other one was uh, prin is, uh, Princess Celestia. And one controls the sun and the other one controls the moon so there's classic mythology right there i mean you can't get more basic than a sun god and a moon god so uh you know there they are uh this book delves into the the back uh, round of them uh as if it was a real uh you know piece of mythology and it's very interesting because it starts when both of them, and they're both alicorns, which means that they have uh, wings and horns. And see, I, I, I always say these things with disgust because I don't care about unicorns. I don't care about Pegasus 
And uh, Johnny Capcon loves when I say that I don't really even like horses very much. <laughs> um, and that's all true. You know, I could care less um, about horses. I, horses are great. They're nice. I like them. Friendly. Mr. Horse was very nice in, in uh, Ren and Snippy. But I, I don't really want to watch a, a, a show about horses or ponies. <laughs> it's just that this happens to be a good a good program. So uh, the, these alicorns, the two sisters, um, Luna and Celestia, it deals with them when they are teenagers and they first are coming into power and they're going to be ruling um, Equestria. And uh, it's neat because uh, they're... Well, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be a secret that, you know, they're going to fight each other. They're going to, one, Loon is going to turn bad. It's, that really doesn't ruin anything. Because they mentioned that right in the very first uh, opening of the first uh, episode. And the neat thing is that the cold openings are usually a little joke. And then it cuts to the theme song and then into the, to the regular star, story. So um, it's just another little nice thing about this uh, this program and and how the episodes are laid out in the first episode uh you of course just get uh, i don't i think you get a little joke but mainly it's the it's this mythology that's that's blown into there jesus christ everybody's making racket today keep it down why you gotta blast your music (laughs) um and so this this book, and I haven't read nonfiction since 1983, I think. The magic goes away was the was the last the last fiction I read. Uh, yeah, I, that that's what it was. So around there, sometime, maybe even before, I, I can't recall when that book came out. So for me to be reading this nonfiction now is, uh, and I read a lot of books, is, uh, you know, it really must mean something. It really must have some meat behind it. And basically it just talks about them, their experiences and uh, as teenagers and their writing in their own journals. And it's interesting to see the dichotomy of how, you know, they're both very good kids, but they come at situations quite differently. You know, um, Luna wants to be act like a ruler but she's mischievous and you know she's sort of the rule breaker but yet she wants to try to act in a in a um in a traditional type of um ruling way she speaks in a royal voice or something of this nature and then uh, you know princess celestia's uh, less uh, mischievous, uh, but then she ends up liking a lot of things that Luna Luna puts in all these crazy, um, you know, trap doors and and slides and hidden passageways and all that. And and uh, uh, Celestia's like all worried about that, but then she ends up having a good time with it, and they you know pull some pranks on people and stuff like that. So uh, I'm assuming as the book goes on, we'll see this. Uh, we'll see Luna Stark side coming out more. Um, but right now they're, they're sort of, uh, you know, just incredibly very innocent and, you know, they're worried about the fact that how people are looking at them because they're only teenagers and they're going to be ruling. Um, so, 
if you want to say it's it's a little deep, it does have deepness to it. But uh, the the characters, um, like I mentioned before on uh, other programs, basically every episode boils down to I'm going to do something outside of my comfort zone, and that's what's going to resolve this issue. So that part is not these these aren't incredibly deep characters. They have their their thought out. They have a lot of backstory. They have a lot of back history. So in that in that regard they're deep um but that's not what's always shown you know it takes a long time for that to develop they don't they don't it's it's not like um every all everything was figured out before they 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 started you know these characters are developing over time so for people that only saw the first i mean when people were saying this was deep there they weren't even through the second season so <laughs> these characters weren't deep yet. Now they now they they're much deeper, and thanks to fan fiction and thanks to um, uh, authorized books and non-authorized books and all this other stuff, uh, we do have much deeper characters. And the fact that some of these people might be orphans, and uh, you know, uh, as the story goes, I think maybe. Hasbro wouldn't allow for them to say that, you know, the Scootaloo, uh, one of the blank flanks, one of the cutie mark crusaders, she was uh, abandoned in, in, the, in the woods. Uh, I don't think they would allow that to go through, but most of the ponies only ha- have grandparents, but they don't really have any parents. So some of them do, some of them don't. And they do funny things like you go, you're, I'm from Maine, Hatton, I'm from Philadelphia. Uh, the, the, they just uh, tried to make a treaty with the Yaks, and the Yaks are from uh, Yakistan. Um, and the Yaks are like the Incredible Hulk. They're like, Yak smash, that type of thing. Um, so it's it's not necessarily rip-offs of things as much as it's, as uh, homages, hom- homogenies, um, homages to other uh, popular media and some not popular media. And like I said, you're doing, you're riffing off of, oh, and, and, uh, and spoiler alert, Dr. Hooves in the episode uh, that was uh, for the fans with the... Um, with the Big Lebowski um, secondary story, he can't find Rarity because you know he got dropped off in this bowling alley. So he he was trying to get his his suit pressed for this this wedding, and uh, the the doctor that he was was the bow tie doctor. Well, because he couldn't get his suit pressed and cleaned or tidied up. Um, by rarity because she wasn't around he had a all he could find was this old scarf so he shows up in the 1970s doctor who uh with the scarf so uh, you know i marked i marked out for that because that's the only doctor <laughs> that i really know so see it's little things like that now would those little things like that be enough for me to to watch this program no there's there's a lot more to it um yeah, take this a little bit longer because I'm sort of flubbing, flub-dubbing all over myself. So I want to talk about um, the movies. And the movies came out, the Equestria, Equestria Girls. Um, these I don't really recommend too much. It's it's kind of sad. I know that the, it's, the main reason behind them was because Hasbro wanted to put out 
actual dolls, uh, like Barbie dolls that, uh, you know, you, you can buy clothes for and all the other type of stuff to compete probably with Monster High and or, or even Barbie and stuff like that. And um, so it goes there, but unfortunately there's, uh, if you are interested in this story, uh, the first Equestria Girls you might want to watch because of, um, I think even maybe the second one, because of these um, these other characters that they that do exist that um, actually come from from Ponyville, they go through this magic uh, mirror thing, and when they go through this mirror, they get turned into human forms of their their pony cells, and uh, they're in now they're in, on Earth. <clears throat> now, not every pony can go through. Uh, only Twilight Sparkle can, and she's chasing the uh, main protag protagonist in it. Um, antagonist in it, I'm sorry. And she's the only one I can go through, and she goes through, and Spike, of course, sneaks through, and he becomes a dog, she becomes a girl. And she, uh, Twilight Sparkle ends up running into other humans that the, are the exact counterparts of, like, Applejack and uh, Fluttershy and... Uh, Rainbow Dash, etc. So there already exists these Earthlings, these humans, or whatever they are. They they look human, except some of them are purple and things like this. Um, <clears throat> so these other people already exist on the on the other side um, as their pony counterparts and humans. So there's some neat twists that happen, but uh, definitely do not watch that first, and only watch those if you're really into the story. Because it took a hiatus so I could do those two movies, I believe. And that's sad, because the second one is like a Battle of the Bands. Which uh, was pretty, pretty... I didn't care for it. But, once again, there was storyline there that needed to be... That got flushed out that you sort of had to see now that... The, that's about it for that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, doesn't hurt to watch the first two episodes and then maybe, um, maybe the winter wrap up as a third to see if you really like it. Cause I don't know if you'll get completely sold on it from one episode, from the first uh, two parter, but, um, definitely watching the, I think it might be episode four or something with the winter wrap up that will, that will tell you whether or not you're going to enjoy that series. Believe me, there's a lot of stinkers, but even the stinkers aren't aren't so bad, and I didn't, I never felt like I wasted my time. So now I want to talk about Monster High. Monster High, I thought was going to be a series. This is a line of dolls that I thought were freaking awesome when I first saw them. Um, I never had heard because I, I don't, I don't really follow toys and what's going to come out the next year and things like that. When I, I used to work in toys in 1984, I worked. Uh, at uh, or 1983 1984 somewhere around there i worked at the kmart and i worked my way up to be one of the toy one of the toy guys it was me and big week we were the only two uh, masters of the toys so we got to meet with reps from all different companies mattel and ideal and everybody else and they'd come and show us uh, the, the new line of toys that would be coming out the next year the following season i remember seeing about the gi joes i remember seeing about rainbow bright and um, transformers and all these other things that would come out around those that time period and so you know a lot of things probably from your childhood 
I was seeing before they, they hit the shelf. So I've been involved with toys for a long time. Um, as far as even more, you know, behind the scenes type of things. But nowadays, I, I don't know anything. You know, this, this comes out, I have no idea what it is. So when I first saw these, um, these Monster High figures on the, on the, sh- the dolls on the shelves, I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. These are never going to last. You know, I don't know who would buy this stuff because it's, you know, vampires and, um, you know, they're high fashion, they're high fashion dolls, but they're vampires and they're skulls and they're all these other types of things. And I didn't really think that was happening at the time when these first came out. So I thought this must have been a, a, a cartoon, but it turns out it's only two movies and those movies are unfortunately pretty bad. And I say unfortunately because, well, first of all, they're, they're, um, computer generated graphics so not like any any other cartoon isn't but they're not in the in the standard cell uh, type of uh, graphical presentation they're they're polygons and uh, so right away that was a little bit of a strike for me because normally when you have a a polygonal um, animated um, non-theatrical release, they're not going to be so good. Directed, directed video, it's usually going to suffer. And in this case, that, that's right on. <clears throat> the other problem is, is that these are like high fashion uh, dolls, even though they're they're spooky themed. They're high fashion dolls, so it just comes off like a Barbie movie. Because everybody has is is of the same proportions. There's there's no normal looking body types in here. It's all the high fashion um, Barbie doll type of things like they're supposed to be. Um, the figures. Also, all the male characters in here are just so pandering, like the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoons were. Now, you might love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoons. Well, guess what? You know, I I was there. I bought the first issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when it was black and white underground comic um, that was sort of like, I think it was magazine size, uh, somewhere around that size. And that was a fantastic comic. And when the cartoon came out, boy, did I think that stunk it up. So, you know, there we go. There's there's the the trade-off. You may say, oh, I like this and that, and I say, that is a baby cartoon. <laughs> um, as opposed to what the comic book was like. Because the comic book was funny, but it was serious, and it was outrageous, but it was serious. The the, the, the truck that was going to, that turned uh, Matt Murdock into Daredevil um, was the truck uh, and 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 the radioactive stuff that hit him in the in the eyeballs uh, to give him those heightened senses and stuff like that of the early um, 1960s Daredevil. <clears throat> One of those canisters of radioactive material is the thing that went into the sewers and changed the the turtles that the that the kid threw away, flushed them down the sewer, changed them into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and uh, I and I and I guess also. Um, uh, you know, the mouse, <laughs> the rat. I keep thinking of Shredder. 
That's why I can't think of the rat's name. Splinter, right? Yeah, Splinter. So that was in the comic. Now, they didn't say that's Daredevil, but you saw the whole thing happening, and you knew that's what they were, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. There goes a guy getting turned into Daredevil, and what happened behind the scenes, no one ever knew, was that these uh, these turtles got hit with that same goop, and I guess that became the ooze and things like that. But they had to, you know, take out that initial part. But I think that they do that in the newest movie. I think that, yeah, I think that they show a kid saving, um, pushing, I, I can't remember now. Cause I, now I know, now I know about the Daredevil, um, program on Netflix. So I might have, be having a lot of things confused. So it's unfortunate because this Monster High has a lot of potential because it's all the creatures that uh, we love. The creature of Black Lagoon, the, the Draculas, the Frankensteins, the werewolves, the um, other things, headless people, mummies. Um, a lot of really interesting characters and, and not so... They missed it by that much. And then that much became the Grand Canyon. You know what I mean? They almost had it. And then it just went awry. And uh, I never even... I never made it through the first movie. And I I have not even begun to watch the second movie. So that's the end of that. Now what my, now what my niece told me to watch. She's told me that I needed to watch. <laughs> now you can give me shit about this. She told me I needed to watch... Littlest Pet Shop. She kept asking me, "Do you watch? Do you watch Littlest Pet Shop? Do you watch Littlest?" Shop? No, I, I don't. Don't think I could take that one. Now, let me tell you, the Littlest Pet Shop little action figures. The, some of those are so outrageously cute that I have picked them up for Chiz, um, and maybe I would have even bought them for myself because some of those were so crazy cute. Evidently, this program's been on air for either three to five years. I don't know. I can't really, can't really uh, nail it down because this is like only the second day that I'm talking about this. But I definitely know it's three years. The first episode I watched was uh, from season three. And I decided to watch it after t two or three weeks of uh, her asking me if I can, if I can watch it, so we can you know talk about it. I thought, oh boy, because I've watched a couple other kids' programs that uh, even my buddy worked on. And, um, it was, some of it was, you know, very difficult for me to get through, even though I knew my buddy, you know, did, did the layouts or directed it or whatever. Um, it, it was kind of rough and I, I sort of expected that from, from this program. Unfortunately, uh, I started watching it and there were a couple laugh out loud moments. I'm not going to say that I like Littlest, my, uh, Littlest Pet Shop or that it's anything like, um, the MLP series. However, I, I couldn't believe how, how uh, good some of the jokes were and a lot of bad driving, a lot of bad driving by the dad in this. Um, it's a, it's an air force brat <clears throat> and she gets moved to uh, you know, a new city or whatever. And, um, and uh, she talks to these, uh, these pets in this pet store and uh, all the pets have uh once again, developed characters and uh, not too much bleed over between the character types. 
And just probably the rarity figure is probably reproduced in this puppy that's in the high fashion. Um, but uh, there's a lot of... Uh, it reminded me of Kavanku because on the one thing he said, uh, hist uh, video gaming history, hysterectomy. What? He, uh, he, I can't remember how you say that now. Um, oh, huh? What? Yeah, that's when you're surprised at what things you say. Uh, I think that's how he said it. And that's sort of like uh, some of the speak that goes on in this, a lot of what and the what, what, that type of thing going on. Um, and it, it's played pretty pretty uh, humorously. There was this, uh, I think it was a rabbit whose name was uh, Maple, Maple something. And that was the original Daffy Duck. She has that persona of being insane but then trying to cover it up, but then can't help it and lets it out. And she has this little, <clears throat> pardon me, routine that she goes through where she'll say something completely gibberish. And then she'll say what, what to herself. And then like she does this thing with her eye. And then she says, I don't recall. <laughs> but then I watched uh, the, the first, um, episode which was a two-parter so i'm i'm halfway through this um this episode of of Lilith's pet shop and i'm really seeing a lot of uh funny jokes and interesting things and then it has a song in the middle and you know a, a full production type of song and i'm like i bet you that dhx did this and sure enough at the end there it was it's a hasbro toy and dhx um did the uh the the anime they're the <clears throat> animation studio that created this so it has those same types of sensibilities that my little pony has although it is um i don't care for the artwork very much <laughs> and one of the things i didn't care for of the artwork was the little girl's giant head and it's very funny because after seeing this middle of season three episode, going to the first episode, um, she comes down the dumbwaiter and falls out. They, they move into this house where they live above the Littlest Pet Shop. And uh, the enemy of the Littlest Pet Shop is the uh, most big pet shop or something like this. It's a giant pet shop, um, which is, a, you know, a huge chain and it has, you know, it, it's, it, that, that to me, uh, almost sold it. The dad's driving, it almost sold it. Um, but she gets in this dumb waiter. She finds it. She thinks it's a, a window that she can open and she finds out it's a dumb waiter and it takes her all the way down to the pet shop. And then she finds out she could talk to these, uh, animals. So when she first gets in the uh, this dumb waiter and she's going down, she sees a spider and eek, and she lets go of the rope and then crashes and smoke and everything else. She doesn't know she's in the little pet shop and she hears all these voices. And the one character says about her enormous head. So um, uh, funny only to me because I saw it. So I thought that was interesting that. Uh, you know, I went to the first episode, and they, they draw attention to the fact that her head is uh, gigantic. So I'm not crazy about the art. It might grow on me. I might watch some episodes, too. Um, 
to be in line with and be able to talk to my uh, niece about it. But it's definitely going to be something way on the back burner. Um, not something I need to binge through. That's another thing about the uh, My Little Pony um, episode that was uh, driven by the uh, supporting characters is that they drew, they drew you know, sometimes it's self-aware and you got to be really careful with being self-aware because sometimes it, you know, being, becoming self-aware is to let you in on the joke as if you know something that other people might not, even though um, that would kind of be silly to be the case. Um, but I guess the other ponies in Ponyville don't know uh, that they're letting you in on this. But uh, it was self-aware in the fact that they even mentioned, <clears throat> they presented it as if, as if uh, they were using like movie terminology. And so it, it was supposed to be uh, this speech that was an analogy to putting things in a movie and saying that even though you might not be the main characters and you might be like supporting characters, you're still very important. So it said that. And then there was this one part where they're asking where, um, where the main six are. Um, they didn't refer to him as that. And, and, uh, one of the, um, cutie mark crusaders, I believe said, well, they're either trying to deal with, um, you know, interrelation, I'm paraphrasing, inter, interrelationship problems, which they'll resolve in a half hour in about a half hour. <laughs> so that was phenomenal because those are only one, one show episodes and the, the show is supposed to run a half hour. Uh, so they said that, or they're out, uh, on a grand adventure, something in nature. And those are the only two types of story that occur in My Little Pony. So it brought in that self-awareness, but it wasn't overt to people that wouldn't get that those references, you know, like the, the, the younger watchers probably. Uh, you know, it's funny to the people that realize those are the only two uh, story plots and that um, also that when they were making that analogy that they are talking about the main six, the main characters, and they are talking about supporting characters. So that's those. So, uh, 1600 pounds run through real quick here. I'll take this to one thirty and then, and then hard cut. I'm going to run through a couple of uh, programs that, uh, are just on my media server and, um, I definitely have a lot of things for future episodes of this program if it ever gets renewed. <clears throat> Shit, my dad says 1600 pen, 30 rock, third rock from the sun, eighth man, Abbott and Costello, the animated series, AD Police, Adam's Family, Aquaman, uh, Adventure, Adventures of Aquaman, Adventures of Batman, Adventures of Captain Marvel, that was like a, a serial from 1940. The Adventures of Superboy. Now, not a lot of people know that this happened. This was 1988. The Adventures of Superboy it was live action, and I can't remember how many seasons it ran for, but there were 90, 96, 98 episodes, something like that. Oh, by the way, uh, it looks like I have 498 series, so almost 500 series, but I think it was 22,000 episodes. <laughs> Adventures of Superboy, which was an animation from 1966, uh, Eon Flux, that MTV joint alias, uh, almost Human, that only ran one season, 13 episodes. Too bad, because I, I 
sort of like that. Very good sci-fi um, program. It's it's really sad that that got dropped. The Amazing Spider-Man from 1977, which was live action, as I mentioned, uh, America Tonight. That was 1978. Um, American Horror Story. That's in there. Ancient Book of East. Ancient Book of East. Eleven episodes from 1989. Uh, Animaniacs, of course. Uh, Aqua. Aqua TV Show Show or Aqua Team. Aqua Team. I know it's Aqua Team Hunger Force, but they also were called Aqua Team something, something, whatever. And they had a couple different names for that show. Aquarius. I thought I dumped that show, the 2015 um, David Duchovny vehicle. Yeah, I liked the first few episodes, and then I watched, I don't think I only, I think I watched eight episodes, uh, but I don't think I'm going to watch the rest. Uh, Archer, of course, uh, Astonishing X-Men Motion Comics, Astro Boy from 1963, and then the Astro Boy from 1983, Astro Nut, those are some that I had to rip from VHS, 1964, Adamant was 1965, Up and Adam, Adamant, Attack on Titan, I like to call it Attack on Titan, uh, 2013, I think I only watched, I think I only have one episode of that, Avengers from 1999, which is the amazing, um, Avengers, which is supposed to be the, the more the supporting cast of Ant-Man and Hawkeye and uh, Vision and Wonder Man and Scarlet Witch. And they all wear things that look like they're Iron Man. And they are so silly and ridiculous looking. It's very, very humorous. 1999 Avengers Assemble, 2013. Great. Uh, well, good. Good cartoon series of uh, the Avengers. It's really sad. Uh, what? No, wait. Avengers Assemble? No, I don't like that one. Uh, Avengers, that's up to 73 episodes already from 2013. 2010's Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes. That's the one I liked, except that Iron Man um, was talking like, you know, what's his name? Um, the kid that dumped a Slurpee on on Weird Science. Uh, awkward. I care. I like that. Uh, one of the another embarrassing thing that I like is these uh, high school movies and high school television shows i just finished uh watching the two and a half seasons um of suburgatory and i really enjoyed that <laughs> and that's what this my little this uh, little pet shop sort of has that um overtly superficial uh evil characters in it that are also represented in Suburgatory. Bad Teacher was actually a television series. Did you know that? 13 episodes, Bad Teacher. I liked Awkward a lot. I also liked the movie, um, like the movie, The Duff, The Duff. And I reckon, I don't know why I like these high school movies and don't think I'm perverted because there's nothing perverse about it. That's not, no reason why I like it. Although the the girl from Suburgatory is incredibly beautiful um, for a young girl, you know, uh, nothing. She just has amazing, an amazing look. Uh, Chizzy even mentioned, oh, that girl is so beautiful. And it's like, yeah, she is. Uh, the end. No more to say about that. Um, but uh, the Duff is means designated ugly fat friend. And I said, I would be the Duff but I don't have any friends. So uh, that, that was a pretty darn good... Yeah, yeah, mean Girls, a lot of people liked Mean Girls. A lot of people liked um, uh, 
Um, what's that one where she wore the A? Oh, A A student, A minus, A star. I can't remember. Anyway, that one was wasn't bad. It was okay. Uh, but I love the movie. Not another teen movie. <laughs> For which you need to watch some teen movies. But those old cheese. I think the newer teen movies are are a lot better. And why? Because I don't think they're playing. Because teenagers want to be adults. And so maybe that's why I like that, because they're not pandering to teens. They're pandering to what teens aspire to be, which is out of school and things like that. So uh, I really like those stories. Uh, So Bad Teacher, I love that movie. Nobody else likes it very much, but I liked it and um, actually had a a series which wasn't very good, but I watched every episode. Bad Universe, I only ran two episodes. I know the girl that was... um, was Pratt's um, publicist or or manager or whatever. I can't remember what she titled herself. It's too bad. It was a good good series. Banana Splits and Friends Show, Bates Motel. I enjoyed that. I watched all 30 episodes of that. Bat Fink, if you want to watch some great racist stuff from 1966. Can that be right? Wow, it is. Bat Fink. <clears throat> Bat Fink has a... Uh, an Asian karate friend, Batman 1966, of course, the the, uh, the Adam West vehicle, The Batman 2004, which was pretty good, good animation. That's sort of when Batman was, oh, no, that's 2004. Yeah, that was the more the, the bigger head type of Batman, more stylized. Batman Beyond, of course, came out in 1999. I enjoyed that. The animated series, 1992, that was the one that sort of gave DC the carte blanche to be able to do whatever they want because it was a very big uh, hit. And then they developed that Superman series as well in that art style. And then they go on to do the Justice League series in that art style, etc. And Batman, the 1943 serial, there you go. You can watch that and watch him do... Uh, racist things back then, 1943, propaganda type of things. Brave and Bold, Batman Brave and Bold, 2008, I love that. Uh, why is it that these funny series like uh, Batman Brave and Bold and um, Marvel Superhero Squad stay most true to the characters, and I'm talking about the supporting characters, than any of the other cartoons or movies or anything else does? It's uh, it's really sad that these funny, <clears throat> these ones that are supposed to be, you know, geared towards younger viewers actually treat the the characters that brought you to the to the screen uh, with respect. And I don't think there's anything childish about Brave and the Bold. Um, very good program, in my opinion. Battle of Planets, of course, 1978. Uh, which was also no Gene G Force, I guess. Battlestar Galactica, two thousand three. There's two series that that uh, changed my life. They're not necessarily my favorite television series. I like Odd Couple. I like uh, Sanford and Son. Um, those are the shows that I like. Are some of my favorites? Uh, Quincy Me, uh, things like that. But Battlestar Galactica, the two thousand three version, and uh, Breaking Bad are two series that seriously impacted my life. So I, I seriously, I really recommend that you watch those from the beginning. Most people have seen Breaking Bad. Bad. A lot of people have said 
a lot of my friends say, oh, people always tell me about Battlestar Galactica. Well, now it's 2000, it started in 2003, and now it's quite old, long in the tooth. It's only 90 episodes. I, we watched it um, from episode one, but there was, a, there was a small movie before episode one. And we didn't watch that for about a year into it. So I liked starting at episode one better. I'm glad I started there because I had a sort of, I sort of jumped into some of these characters and had to figure out the characters. Um, we had to figure out the characters ourselves. Chiz and I both watched this series and we liked it that way. When we saw the original two hour movie or whatever it was, well, we got the, we got the backfill of what happened before before the first episode, but it somehow took away from those characters because I, I think it laid them out too much. There was no more mystery to them. Um, so I recommend, you know, if you can, if you can figure out how to or not to, to start with episode one instead of the uh, first uh, um, mini movie or whatever they call it. Peterson Butthead was in 1993. Can you believe that? Beatles a bub. 2011, the Ben Stiller show. The Ben show, sorry. Well, I'm sorry. Ben show, sorry. Ben Hoffman, 2013. Uh, that ran two... I only ran eight episodes. Benny Hill show, of course, 19... Why does... That cannot say 1969. Maybe it does. <laughs> Maybe it does. Berserk. 1997, Better Call Saul, I enjoy that show, 2015, Between Two Ferns, of course, Zach Galifianakis, 2008, that started, Beware of the Batman, uh, 2013, I think I talked about this a little bit, but I'm not sure I talked about it online, oh yeah, I did, on one of our uh, other programs on Giant Media Ball, um, I enjoyed this, I guess it follows uh, some storyline in one of the comics, <clears throat> I don't usually like when you uh, completely bastardize um, a beloved character like they do in here, but I think they still remain true to him. I like the fact, uh, although there's no Robin, there's Katana, uh, is his uh, under, he's the mentor of Katana and um, Alfred is uh, this younger, much younger looking um, member of uh, I can't think of the Queen Special Agent Guard, uh, the M M6, that what it is, M6, I'm going to say that, uh, and, you know, he's a martial art master and all this other kind of crap, but uh, I, 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 I got over that because um, I loved the fact that Batman would get his ass handed to him. Uh, and he, he wasn't, you know, in this suit of armor and all this other stuff. Like I, like the first Batman movie with, uh, not the 1961, 66 one, the one that everybody likes with the, you know, Beetlejuice in it. I just thought, why didn't they just call this Iron Man? Because he's in this costume that's just like all iron. <laughs> He's supposed to be a martial arts master. So I like that um, he could, you know, he could be beaten. Um, but he was still, he was still an ass kicker. So it was, it was, it was a very nice balance. They ran 26 episodes. Big Bang Theory. Yeah, we still watch that sometimes. Big Guy and Rusty. The Boy Robot. That was a Frank Miller comic. Uh, and my buddy worked on Big, Big Guy and Rusty. That ran 20... 
six episodes, maybe? 1999. Bigfoot and Wild Boy, of course, 1977. I love that program. It's a Sid and Marty Croft joint. Bionic Woman, uh, the 2007 version. Uh, love that. That only ran a season. One season, two seasons. I think it's only eight, eight episodes. Loved it, though, um, because of the nanobots. The only thing I didn't like about Bionic Woman was that uh, she was Jamie Summers, and there, and there was Oscar Goldman and Rudy Wells, and I wish that they would have just put it in the original Bionic Woman, uh, the 1976 Bionic Woman, and then um, the $6 million Man universe, where she wasn't Jamie Summers. Maybe she was another person, and now they use nanobots, and then they could have had the original Jamie Summers in it or something like that. So I thought that was a missed opportunity uh, to tie in with the uh, original fans of the, the programs because the nanobots makes a hell of a lot more sense than um, you know having this piece of metal on your you know sewn into your body that would just rip out when you try to lift up a car. 1975, Lindsay Wagner, uh, the Bionic Woman. I think that ran three years. I don't recall. Birdman and the Galaxy Trio. I gotta love that. Birds of Prey. That was 1967. Birds of Prey, 2002. Love that. Um, I liked it because of uh, because of what's her name. <laughs> Can't think of anybody's name now. Black Box. That didn't run very long. Black Mirror. That's a good one if you can look that up. Um, that was out of the UK. Uh, pretty good. I liked it. It's a, it's a lot of little mini stories with uh, sort of that, um, not Tales from the Dark Side or Tales from the Crypt, but almost. It's almost like maybe American Horror Story, but uh, mini stories. Blade 2011, that was the, uh, uh, the uh, anime. Blossom, 1991. 114 episodes of Blossom, friends. Blue Exorcist, 2011. Bob Newhart Show, uh, from 1972. 138 episodes of Bozo Show from 1980. 1980? Wait, no. No. That's wrong. Uh, there must have been another Bozo Show in 1980. WGN, WGN TV in Chicago... what year that was. I, I loved him when I was a kid. Brain Games 2011. Brack Show 2001. Brave Star there you go. 1987 <clears throat> I'm only going to go through the B's <laughs> Breaking Bad 2008. Breaking Magic 2013. Breezy and Sneezy 1964. Sneezly 1964 um, I like that like that. Howard Morris and uh, Mel Blank did the voices for them respectively. Broad City 2014. Can you believe that ran for more than one season? 62 episodes. It ran for three seasons. Bubblegum Crisis 1987. Buffy the Animated Series 2006. That was just a pilot. Buffy the Vampire Slayer 1997. That was a live action. And, uh, yeah, 2006 was the animated pilot. 145 episodes of uh, Buffy, my friends. Think about that. 145 fucking episodes. The Burn with Jeff Ross, uh, 2012. Burning Love, 2012. Not a lot of people know about that. 
Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids. I talk about that a little bit. That was another when he's Hanna Barbera joints 1973 um you know they're a musical group there's a dog and there's a you know stupid guy a cape 2011 um captain america from 1966 the uh jack kirby said his artwork on popsicle sticks that's part of the marvel superhero series from 1966 you had submariner thor captain america iron man and the hulk i think that was all of them <clears throat> Those are the popsicle sticks ones. And of course, 1966, he also had Amazing Spider-Man. Captain America, the 1944 serial, another another great um, propaganda type of racist thing. Uh, Captain America, I don't even think he had a shield. I just think he used a gun. I've, I haven't watched the whole thing. He, he was fighting the scarab, I know that. But I haven't even watched all the 15 episodes of that serial. And when I say serial, that means that they were, if you didn't know, Rocket Man from Mars, Rocket Man from the Moon, or what? I can't read thing. It was the first serial I ever really watched. Um, that's where the world word serial came from. And that's where the world as S E R I A L, and that's the, where the word um, cliffhanger came from. Where these uh, short movies, movies, movettes, I don't recall really what you call them. Um, that would play in the theaters, and they would just be these, you know, short 20-minute things. And then you would have to come the next week to see what happens, what happens, because cliffhanger, because actually it was somebody hanging off a cliff <laughs> uh, at the end of the one episode, and the next episode you find out how that, that all worked out. Captain Scarlet and the Mysterians, 1967, very good, uh, uh, the animate, uh, uh, Marionette, Marionimation, Marionimation, I think that's what the technique was called. Car 54 Warrior 1961. Oh, I'm in the seas. I'm in the seas. I'll go through the seas. Carol Burnett Show 1967. Love that. Gotta love that. Carol and Paula in the Magic Garden. Magic Garden Make Believe, my friends, 1972. They were smoking whatever grew in the Magic Garden. Um, that was released on DVD, and it's one that I ripped here. Cat's Eye was a 1983 anime. A Certain Scientific Railgun, 2009 anime, I enjoy that. Challenge of the Gobots, 1984. If you want to see one of the worst cartoons ever fucking created in the world, Challenge of the Gobots is for you. I ordered, I had to get that DVD. 30 episodes. I think that was the full series. Um, 1984. I mean, if you thought... <laughs> that you got ripped off by the toys wait until you see this piece of shit cartoon and you know sometimes things are so bad they're good um well you definitely will get a a, a charge out of the fact that a scooter is the same size as a as a jet <laughs> and that people can get in the cockpit of this jet and they're the same people that can ride on the scooter um you know, a scooter that you ride on top of and the cockpit of a jet that you get into a jet and yet both of those robots are the same size. So, you know, it's it's like a Mobius strip. Um, check it out with Dr. Steve Brule. Love that show, 2010. Even if you don't like Tim and Eric, you got to try to find these episodes of uh, Check It Out with Dr. Steve Brule because uh, I think you will enjoy it. And I did not like, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his, that actor's name. 
you can shout at your radio. Um, but, um, you know, I like him as an actor. Uh, I didn't really care for him in the Tim and Eric stuff. So the fact that he's this character in his own, in his own little, uh, series, and, and they're only, I think they're like 15, 20 minute episodes. Very good. Chicago Fire, 2012. I enjoy that. And I like Chicago PD, 2014. It's funny because when they have the crossovers with the NCIS, CS, SUVs, CISs, um, you really get to see how great the acting is in Chicago PD as compared to this, you know, the, the, um, Ice tea stuff, the Richard, Richard, uh, Barber, Barber guy. You see how, how shitty their acting is. Um, Chico and a Man, 1974, love that. 126, 128 episodes of that, something around there. Children's Hospital, 2008, still going, my friend, still going. I think it's past 69 episodes. I don't think I have every episode of that. And of course, 19. 99, uh, see, that's wrong. 19, I can't, I don't even want to talk about it. 1996, Chrono Trigger was an anime, um, Chocolate News, it's, it gives the wrong date on here, but I like Chocolate News. I only ran seven episodes. And that was right before Obama came in, so that's why I was. Clash of the Gods was a neat little uh, 2008 History Channel series, or 2009. Uh, good 10 episodes of that. Cleveland Show, 2009. I don't know why I still have those on here. Colonel Bleep. Colonel Bleep, my friends, 1956. Uh, Columbo, of course, love that. 1968. You wouldn't believe how few Columbo... Columbo's was... They were like movies of the week. They were not really... It was not a, a designated time slot that I can think of until it went into syndication. And sometimes uh, only four episodes would come out a year, sometimes 16, sometimes 22, sometimes 24, sometimes three, <laughs> sometimes it skipped a year. So it's kind of interesting about that. A Comedy Bang Bang started in 2012 and no more... Um, uh, no more the uh, man. No more man on that. Uh, I can't believe that I would that I can't remember his name right now. Come on, come on, you. Reggie Watts. Reggie Watts. I guess his last sixty-six episodes of that. I guess this was his last um, season. Community 2009, boy, what a great show since that came back on Yahoo. Fantastic, but now they don't know if it's going to be back. 110 episodes of that, friends. Continuum, too bad that ended. 2012, 33 episodes. Cool McCool, Cool McCool, 1966. He was sort of like a um, get smart type of Adam West character. Oh, I don't think I mentioned that uh, the Fernwood Tonight, the America Tonight, was uh, Norman Lear. And Martin Mole was from Norman Lear's Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman when that went off the air. And that was an oddball show. And I have that as well. Cosmos, the space-time odyssey. Yeah, whatever. I hate that guy. Neil deGrasse Tyson Dinner. Courageous Cat, Minute Mouse, 1969. That was, that was phenomenal. It was uh, created by 
Bob Kane. <clears throat> and of course, they were just like Batman, except that instead of a utility belt, they, well, they had a utility belt, but they had guns. I'll get him with my bubble gun. gun. I'll get him with my lasso gun. I'll get him with my rocket gun. Uh, Courtship of Eddie's Father, 1969 as well. Love that relationship. 73 episodes of that. Um, the network sort of gave up on it in the last uh, last season. Cowboy Bebop. Haven't watched an episode of that yet. 1998. The Critic came out in 1994. It ran 23 episodes, I believe. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Still going through that. Came out in the year 2000. We're somehow in-law related to um, Susie Essman. 70 episodes of that. Mostly improvised. Um, I can... I can give you an example. Except for Susie Essman, she did fantastic improv. But the reason I didn't care for this a lot of it was because um, some of the improv was like, uh, will you have this beer? You want me to have that beer there? Yeah, I want you to have this beer. Oh, now you want me to have the beer? Yeah, I want you to drink that beer. Oh, you want me to drink the beer? Yeah, drink that beer. <laughs> Sometimes it got stuck in these loops of not knowing where to go from there, so they kept repeating <laughs> one line over and over and over again. You, know, you might know Cutie Honey. Well, did you know that it came out in 1973? It ran probably 120-some episodes or something. Um, it was not as racy as the new Cutie Honey, but it, yeah, she did get nude and turn into different characters and things like the Cyber Six, 1999, and talking about androgyny. Uh, Damages, 2007. I only got that recently. Oh, I'm into these. Okay, I'm going to stop. I only got that recently because I found out that um, my love-hate partner... <laughs> um, Uh, Dharma, Dharma. Uh, Jenna Elfman was on the last season of that. I never even heard of this, but I've been trying to get a lot of Jenna Elfman stuff, and most recently was um, that Fisher show, um, Growing Up Fisher. It's too bad. I really enjoyed that. And then she was in another program. I just... Oh, the 1600 pen. And that only ran for one season. And it's too bad. There are two... Uh, pardon me. Semi-decent uh, sitcom. One based on a... One somewhat based on a true story. Which was the growing up Fisher. <laughs> uh, and the other one was about... A, a dysfunctional family in the White House. Both of them... Um, there, there are a lot of funny characters in, uh, in 1600 Pen. Um, I've only watched three episodes of it, but so far I like it. And like I said, it only ran one season as did growing up Fisher. I really uh, find it hard to believe that that did not run more than one season. Um, it was sort of like, see, I never watched that Frankie Nunez show. I don't even know what it's called. He's like a he's like a boy, and then he, he talks in a, his grown-up voice, and that's sort of what what was going up on here with the growing-up Fisher, except it was really based on a, a um, 
a fellow that was blind and had kids and thought that he did everything, uh, didn't even let some people know that he was blind until, you know, further into their relationship. He was, um, <laughs> Daredevil was a blind lawyer. He was a blind lawyer. But, you know, he would, <laughs> first episode starts where he's chopping down, he's um, chainsawing down a tree. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm going two hours here. Okay, friends. Hey, thanks a lot. I hope that you enjoyed half a pie. Um, the next half a pie, I hope, if it ever happens, to continue through the list of programs on my Kodi box, my Kodi interface, my magic antenna, to uh, make you aware of shows or make you remember shows and make you feel good inside and not feel alone even though you're eating half a pie. I'm Wiggly Half a Pie.